Once again, good evening, Meadowland. My name is Steve. I'm the pastor here. For those who haven't met me, and I'm so glad to be together with you at this time. And you know, Christmas is, is really a time of joy and peace, and, and I hope that your Christmas has been that for you as well. Uh, we spent the uh, the morning and the afternoon at my mom's house uh, with our with our girls, and uh, they had some presents there that they were opening up. And my my youngest, my two year old, uh, was so excited. Uh, she was just filled with joy to be opening up gifts, so much so that she would you know, get a piece of wrapping paper and rip it off and be the smallest little piece, and she would chuck it and then grab another one and rip it off. And piece by piece, she finally got this box open. It was at the typical Amazon box you're probably used to seeing on people's doorsteps. She looks at it, she says, oh, cool, puts it down and goes to get another present. I mean, she was just overjoyed by receiving the box. I mean, it should make, it should make Christmas very easy next year. Uh, we'll just get an assortment of boxes with different flaps and folds. Um, but hopefully Christmas has been a time of joy, a time of peace for you. Um, I know for some of us that may not be the case. That, that may be a battle, maybe a struggle to get to that place of, of being found in joy and in peace. Maybe this is your first Christmas uh, after the loss of a loved one. And when you come together with family, there's that uh, empty seat or there's that empty tradition that, that they're not there to do anymore. They'd always be the one who would read the Christmas story. They're always the one who would say grace. You're reminded of that. That's hard. Maybe you've had a year of trials. Maybe you've had a bout with sickness. Maybe there's some, been some significant loss in your life this year. And, and, and to come to this place in joy, of joy and peace is a real struggle for you. If you're in that place, I want you to know that there is hope in Jesus. There is hope for life everlasting. There is hope for purpose and reason in your life. There is hope to be accepted by God, as holy and righteous, there is hope for joy and a hope for peace. Now, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 15 just briefly here. and um, This is probably an uncommon passage for a, a candlelight Christmas Eve service. Um, but, but stick with me here. I, I think uh, it hopefully it will be a blessing to you as we kind of read uh, from Romans 15 and, and just uh, look at it a little bit closer. Um, but see, Romans is basically Paul, the Apostle Paul's like, book on theology. He's just walking through, here's what it means, uh, here's the gospel, the good news of Jesus, basically, that, that we've all sinned, we've all messed up in some way, that separates us from God. Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross as payment for our sins, so that when we place our faith in him, that, that this free gift is offered to us by grace. And so when we place our faith in him and, and say, Jesus, I believe you're my Lord, and I believe that you're my Savior, uh, the leader of my life, and the forgiver of my sins, that we are forgiven and we are washed clean of any sin, uh, any mistake that we've ever made, ever will make as we trust in Jesus for forgiveness. That, that's the good news. And Paul walks through that throughout the book of Romans. He walks through, here's how we then go and live in that reality. That should change us as we've been forgiven by God and shown such grace. Uh, and we, we have an opportunity to be together with God in relationship with him through Jesus. That should change how we live. And Paul uh, walks through that through Romans as well. And he gets to this place where he's talking about, here's how we live together in relationship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that kind of takes us here to Romans chapter 15. Uh, if you want to follow along, you can use the Bibles in the seats in front of you. It'll be on the screen as well. If you need a Bible, take one and call it your own or bring one as a gift. If you, you know, last minute shop and grab a Bible and give that to someone. We would love to see the Word of God get in front of people as much as possible. Feel free to go digital too and turn on your Bible. There's, there's Wi-Fi in the building for that. Uh, Romans 15, let's begin in verse 4. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, referring to the base of the Jews. Uh, so Christ became a servant to the Jews to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, who have been their forefathers, who have been the Israelites. And in order that the Gentiles, any non-Jew, in order that everyone else, in essence, might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to you uh, to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. In this little chunk of Romans right here, we kind of are bookended by hope. We begin in verse 4, the sense of hope from the encouragement of the Scriptures. Hope that's found in the encouragement of the Scriptures. What, what is that talking about? Well, see, we can celebrate what God has already done as it's recorded in God's Word. We can read about the story uh, of, of the patriarchs, those, uh, the founding fathers, uh, uh, back to Abraham, where God said, I'll make a nation out of you. We have the nation of Israel and, and how God interacted with his people and what he did in their lives. We can read those stories. We can see, here's what God has done, and we can celebrate that. We can be encouraged and have, have, find a hope for joy and peace because we see how God worked at joy and peace for other people. We can read their story. We can celebrate that. We can celebrate the virgin birth as a sign of God's faithfulness. He made these promises to, his, to uh, those who have come before us to give them a Messiah, and he gives them a Messiah. And we see... Uh, um, Throughout the second half of the passage I read, uh, the, the sense of uh, it's not just for the Jews, but for all people, for the Gentiles as well. And so our response to what's already been done, to what God has already done, our response to the first advent, which means coming, the first coming of Jesus where he came as an infant, which we already kind of sang through those songs and, and read that story, our response to that should be one of celebration. And through that celebration, it should call us to a place of hope. And then we see on the other half of that verse, hope in the promises made by God. So we find hope in the promises he's already fulfilled. We can also have hope in, in the promises that he's made that through Jesus God fulfills his promise to the Jews and to all people. We can anticipate the return of Jesus. So we can celebrate his first coming and we can anticipate eagerly his second. 1 Thessalonians 4 gives us a glimpse of what that's going to be like Beginning in verse 13, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, and this is referring to those who have already died, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep, again, to those who have already died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. It's basically what we're seeing is, is when Christ comes again, when, when a second advent happens, that those who have already died in Christ will, will be risen up, and then those who are still alive in Christ will join together with them, and we will always be with the Lord. Man, what a promise to look forward to. We can celebrate the first advent, and we can anticipate eagerly the promise of a second advent of Jesus. You see, when we do this, see, here's my prayer for us tonight. My prayer is verse 13, that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Because when we celebrate what God has done, and we look ahead to what he's promised to do, we find joy in that. When we celebrate what God has done, and we look forward to what he's promised to do, we find joy in that. See, so many times we, we allow the voice of our feelings to speak louder than the voice of what we know to be true. Let me give you an example of that. You're walking through the store and all of a sudden someone bumps into you. And maybe you just, you're in, in one of those moods that day or you're having a rough day. And your initial reaction is to turn around and choose someone out for bumping into you. And you're just, you're so uh, you know, upset by it. You just want to go on the, the offensive. And you turn around, all of a sudden you see it's a mom who's got her hands full of two kids and trying to get all the groceries together. And all of a sudden, you know, you, your heart changes. Oh, okay, I have more information. I know more of the truth of why I got bumped. And it's just a mom just trying to take care of her kids there. And we move from a place of offensiveness to wanting to lash out at someone to a place of compassion, wanting to help someone. And so we need to be cautious when we listen to the voice of our feelings over the voice of truth. Our feelings will tell us what's going on inside, and we, we, we can listen to that to, to be kind of an idea of, okay, where, where are we at? We can gauge where we're at with some things. But we need to make sure the voice of truth is speaking louder. In that situation, it's, okay, this, this was harmless. No foul was meant by this, and so there's no reason to retaliate. Actually, there's a reason to come alongside and, and serve one another. So our experiences lead to feelings that we struggle with sometimes. Maybe you've gone through some experiences that, that leave you struggling with God. Because you think about how can there be a good, loving God when I think about the things that I've gone through, when I think about the things I've experienced, the trials I've had to endure, the loss I've seen. You think, well, how, how can there be joy in that? Well, it says we struggle through those feelings, and, and I think it's an appropriate way to look at it, and that's okay to struggle through those feelings. It's okay to go to God and say, God, I, I'm, I'm angry about this. I'm hurt by this. I'm not sure what to do with this. Because then we can go and look what God has already done. And we can look at what he's promised to do. We can see his promise that he works all things for the good of those who love him. We can see his promise that he has a plan for us. We can look at all of his promises for his people and find joy in that. It may not give us all the details. It may not answer the question of, of why to the things we've already endured, but we can still find joy in knowing that Christ still came. Christ lived a sin, sinless life. Christ gave up his life on the cross as an atonement, as a sacrifice for our sins. And Christ defeated the grave, rose again on the third day and a seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Or even, you know, the promise that, that he empowers us through the Holy Spirit. So we can find joy when we remember what Christ has done, we look ahead to what he's promised to do. 
We can celebrate, when we celebrate what God has done, we look ahead to what he's promised to do, we can find peace as well. We have hope for joy and hope for peace as well. See, a, a lack of peace comes from a, a lack of knowing. It's one of the main ways I think that we get to a place of a lack of peace is we just don't have all the information. Moms, I'm sure you can relate to this when you've waited for one of your children to come home. You just don't know when they're coming home. You know when you told them to be home, but you're just not sure when they're coming home. You're not sure uh, the condition. You're not sure the stories you may hear. Or maybe it's another loved one that, that you're waiting for. Until you know, there won't be peace. You'll be unsettled. Maybe there's a, a, a medical procedure, a medical test that you had, and you're waiting the results. And so you don't know. You don't know what the results are, and there's a, a lack of peace. Maybe you received the results, but you don't know what that means. All right, well, do I have to have surgery? Do I have to have this or that? And, and so there's a lack of peace. Maybe you had a, a different kind of test, a test for schooling or something like that, or for your job that could have some significant implications on your future. And you, you finish the test, but you, you don't know. You don't know what the score is. And there's a lack of peace. And while we will never get uh, this side of eternity, every question answered and every, every bit of uh, wonder answered to us, we do know how the story ends. And we do know that Jesus is victorious. We know how things will end. And so if we remember what God has already done and trust in what he's promised to do, if we celebrate what he's already done and anticipate what he's promised to do, we can find peace in that. Because while we may not know the details that, that are robbing us of peace, we do know that God's in control of it. We do know that he's working all things for our good. We do know that he is sovereign. So tonight, let us remember Jesus. Let us remember what he's done as we celebrate. Let's remember what he's promised to do as we anticipate his return.